0: of God Built This Podcast, Podmis Edition. I am your host, Maxine, and we're on episode eight. So Michelle Obama is on a tour for her latest book, and she has an interesting approach when it comes to this tour. She is, in my opinion, presenting this sister girl aesthetic from head to the toe, okay, physically and with the words and stories that she speak. Now, when I say sister girl aesthetic, I mean from the braids to the different braid styles that she's wearing. The first lady would never, right? Like when she was a first lady, she did not do any of those things. And, you know, one may argue, well, maybe she didn't have the freedom to do that because as the first lady of America, they probably discouraged her from doing so. Sure. Sure. Sure, I, I could take that. I just feel like it is on purpose, though. You know, I think, honestly, I don't know. I feel like some hairstyles don't make sense to me after a certain age, right? Like, I don't, like, people in my real life, actually, let me not say that. Well, just only one person, my mentor, she she doesn't wear braids, and she's um in her 50s. you know, she wears different hairstyles. But she's a different type of person. Like she's very eclectic in, in some ways. But like Michelle Obama, not to say braids are eclectic, but it's just typically when you're of a particular age, there are some hairstyles you no longer engage with. So I just find it to be interesting because now she is presenting this like home girl, sister girl all around, around the way, in a good way, not like, you know, ho, aesthetic. And um, I don't know how I feel about that. So as she is promoting this book of hers in the light, something like that, I don't know, don't really care, but she is talking about her relationship with Barack. And there were 10 years within their marriage in which she says she hated him she said she didn't like him and she was struggling in the marriage with him because she felt like the weight of their parenting for their two girls were more on her back than it was on his like it wasn't equally distributed in times when he wasn't at the house because he has an engagement some activity that he's involved in a hobby that he's engaged with Yet, she's at home having to change diapers or just care for the well-being of their kids. Now, I think there is this push in our society to just say too much. I think there's a push in our society to just say too much, to do too much, to overshare, to over say things that should just be kept to ourselves. And... I just feel like because of her tour of talking about these intimate feelings and details about Barack Obama, I just, what is the reason? I think there is this intention, this calculated intention to present this type of rhetoric so that people will draw towards her book. This is a marketing ploy. And for a lot of black women to just be eating this up and just feel so like, oh, my gosh, she's one of, you know. And look, like, all these things may very well be true, right? Like, I'm sure she isn't telling a lie, right? I think she really is sharing her real experiences. I just don't find it couth. You know, I I feel like it lacks class. I do. I, I really do. I, I think it's disingenuous when... You are purposely saying some things just for the the profit of your book, and um, I'm just—I think personally, I just don't care for these like relationship hot takes. You know, there's some podcasts that are primarily about these stupid, stupid, silly relationship topics, like. What would you do if your girl did? What would you do if your man did? Here's how a woman should be when she's dating men, right? And these typical conversations are held by men who feel like they're this guru of relationships. There's this Houston um, podcaster here who is pretty popular in the, the podcast field from what I've seen online. And... Every time he comes up on my timeline, I, I don't even follow this guy. He just comes up on my timeline on Instagram. And I'm just like, oh my, it's the same shit over. It's the same cycle of relationship topics. You're, you know, you here's how to tame a woman. Or here's relationship advice one on one. Here's what to do if your woman does this. It's like, can we? I'm bored. I'm bored. Like, can we talk about something else? Can something else be of interest to us? You know? And so Michelle Obama going about this relationship talk approach when it comes to marketing for her new book, I just find it to be disingenuous from her outfits down, like from head to toe. Look, I'm not saying she doesn't look good. I'm just saying it just feels disingenuous. She's wearing box braids. I'm sorry. What? Like, you know, like her, her whole image is now shifting and I just wh- what is the goal here? Like what are you trying to do? Some people have reactions to what she's saying about how, you know, when you're in a relate or when you're in a marriage, there'll be sometimes when it's very difficult and it's in those times you do your you do the work is in those times you know how those like motivational speeches would sound like so she was saying something very similar to that or verbatim actually and um there was a reaction that i read (laughs) to that basically saying like nah (laughs) nah nah It's, it's gonna take 10 years for me you know nah and you know i think there's something to that like there might, like, what is the the time limit to saying, yeah, you know what? This isn't working. You know, this isn't working. Or, you know, this is not worth it anymore, you know? Are you going to take the Tia Mori approach? How she just says, well, she evolved from her marriage and she decided to leave. Now, you, you know, say what you want about that. I find that to be a little interesting and that was from the episode I talked about how feminism ruined marriage. And I think her reaction or just her explanation of why she decided to divorce Corey Hardrick, um, it just comes off very much of a feminist, right? I'm a woman. Hear me roar. I'm tired of this. You know, I'm a strong black woman. I don't need no man type of approach. And I just find that type of rhetoric very dangerous And it sets women up for disaster. And we don't like to talk about the reality of not just wanting but needing a man. You know, like I don't want my man just for the hell of it. Like there is a need for that too, right? Like, you know, in the last episode I talked about pleasure being one of the essential factors of our human experience. And sure, you could get pleasure, and I'm speaking as a heterosexual woman, you know, got to put those disclaimers. But sure, you get pleasure from your hands, right? You could get pleasure from that. You could get pleasure from a robot because essentially these vibrators are robots. But there's nothing in comparison to the pleasure coming directly from a man whom you're attracted to, who can provide you with that physical, sensual, loving gentle touch there's no robot there's no ai there's no tesla elon musk approach that can ever supersede the feeling and the satisfaction and pleasure i receive from freckles bay so I, so when i think about just this whole like rhetoric of like well I don't really need it, you know, I don't need, I don't really need a man, I don't really want a man, you know, I'll check in when I want type of thing. It's a lie. It's a lie. Feminism has lied to you. White women, yet again, has lied to you. Now, okay, let's talk about White Lotus real quick. I know I talked about it from a previous episode But I want to reference another point in White Lotus. Please check it out if you haven't yet. Oh, my gosh. Let's discuss. Let's discuss. So there's a marriage between um, a couple on White Lotus of a white woman with her white husband she she's the character she's from this other show called the Bow type I used to love that sh- well I love that show when it when it was on and that show has since been canceled or not renewed but it was a great cute show on freeform oh my gosh anyway she she was from she's from that show I remember her from that show and now she's a character in this latest season of the white Lotus she's married to this rich guy who, like, they are around the same age. So it's not like he's, like, this older, you know, I don't know, like, Murdoch or whatever. Some, like, old nigga. No, he's not like that. He's, like, around their a- her age. They're the same generation, essentially. There's a scene in which, well, there's a couple of scenes, actually, of her basically saying without saying that he cheats on her. That he, has, uh, that he has moments when he just goes out and do whatever he wants and does whatever he wants, and she just has to just kind of suck it up and take it. And I was wondering, like, you know, why? Like, why? Like, if that's not, if that's not the relationship that you desire, right? If you want him to be super faithful to you, like, why play these games and act like you're cool with it? She, so when you look at the show, you look at, well, you see the benefits of the marriage. You see the benefits of the marriage. You see how rich they are. (laughs) Like, you see how rich they are. He comes, he's working at a company in which he's like one of the founders and he's making a shitload of money. They're in this marriage for financial benefits. Okay. Okay. And they're both seemingly playing this game with each other. Like, I think they don't directly talk about it, right? She's not like, okay, we had a direct conversation, and he says that every Saturday and Sunday he goes out and – like, they don't have those conversations. But it's an understanding. It's a what is understood doesn't need to be said. Remember that thing from back in the day? People would be like, you know, what's understood doesn't need to be said. You know, people would be like – we don't have labels. We just know what's understood. What's understood doesn't need to be said. Like, shut up. What is it? <laughs> oh, I remember niggas would say that all the time when I was growing up. Like, shut up. You're not from the hood. Anyway, so it was one of those things. Like, what's understood needs to be under- doesn't need to be said. Right? We don't need to talk about it. We already know what's up. And as she was talking about just, like, her natural – discomfort when it comes to him flirting with other women and having sex with other women she also said in the same breath that she has her fun she has her cake and she eats it the fuck too she shows a picture oh this is a big ass spoiler so let me not say let me not say this part in case you're still watching the white lotus on hbo max season two But, basically, she makes the implication that she has her fun, too. And that's her way of, like, getting back at him. Like, that's her way of having her revenge. And it's always this, like, tug and war between them. She'll play these games and say, oh, I'll be out for the night for the girls. Instead of giving him a, a heads up, she'll just tell him last minute. And she does it because she knows that it'll ruffle his feathers, But that's her way of getting back at him for being with yet another woman and another woman. And, like, he just likes to have his dick around. So, you know, again, I ask, like, okay, so why – what's going on? Why is she still – you could just go ahead and leave the relationship. Like, that's not what you want. That's not what you want to be signed up for. But then again, I think about the financial benefits within that marriage. And how they have so many perks, right? They they have this image that they like to present to society of looking like a happy, loving couple. And that's what they present. And that was one of the things that angered another couple on the trip because they felt like, oh, they're being fake. And they were right. This couple is fake. <laughs> but that's the facade. Like some people like to some people like to live in facades. You know, and it's, at some point you have to decide, like, who am I to get in the way of your facade? If you want to live in ignorance, you know, in the bliss of that, so be it. Like, I can't be mad at you because you like to live in la-la land and you find comfort and joy in that. Like, that's fine for you. So anyway, nonetheless, I think about – um just like marriage in general and like this whole like relationship talk that's happening online and Michelle Obama talking about it on her tour it just i just think it's a cheap way of engaging with your audience like it's like a low level of thinking like and that is why so many people get these views like if i wanted to create a podcast you guys and just talk about sex that's it mind you i've had many episodes in which i do talk about very honest experiences that I've had. Like I'm very vulnerable when I'm on here and in general, but like when I'm on here, even though I'm obviously speaking to, uh, you know, ears, right? Many ears. But I, I don't like, I don't come on here. Oh, this is a sex podcast, you know? And I think that's a very cheap way to gain success because of course instantly people are going to be engaged right i want to know how you have sex you know i want to know how you suck his dick i want to know all these things when i want i want you to think higher right like that's my podcast let's think higher let's use our critical thinking skills let's think above the surface let's be ethereal beings like, oh you want to be ethereal with me like let's do that ooh let's be ethereal like i like shit like that you know, (laughs) and when it fits, I would talk about sex stuff and relationship stuff, but a lot of these podcasts that only have that approach of sex, you know, how to hit it from the back, how to hit it, how to hit it, how to hit it, it's like, God damn, like, what else are you about, you know, what else are you about, and I hate to, like, down the black community, but it is a a cheap win for us. Like, we are fucking whores. We're whores. Because we we soak that up. We love to hear a a black man tell us about how women could be wifey material. You know how many damn videos I've seen online of black men giving women advice on how to be chosen? Like, (laughs) it's just like... It's just cheap, it's boring, it's lazy, it's juvenile talk. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about Putin. And then let's talk about psychedelics. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about just deeper thinking skills and management. You know, accountability of like your thoughts and stuff. That's what I mean. Anyway, I just find it to be so cheap and boring. Like, oh, I'm bored. This is what you're talking about, Michelle Obama? Like, really, this is what you could... And look, I'm not saying relationship is not important. I just think when you only talk about that, it just makes me wonder, do you not have a soul? Do you not have depths to your soul? Do you not have other interests? Like, what is your hobby? And typically... The people who only talk about sex and relationships and dating and this guy and that guy like oh I'm so sad about this guy I'm so depressed about this guy. They have no hobbies. They have no hobbies. They don't know what to do with their lives. Right? They have no interests outside of work. If they were like I don't know it's just they don't they don't have anything that brings them joy. Their joy is solely dependent upon this man. You know, this, this image of a man, this image of a relationship, this image of a marriage. And this goes back to how many women, excuse me, many black women in particular, we were brought up to believe that our worth is dependent upon a man, right? If a, if a man chooses us. If a man chooses to be with us, chooses to wife us, and we're in a marriage, then that's how you know you are the epitome of a a worthy person. And I just find that to be so pathetic. It's sad, it's pathetic, it is lazy, because we are more than that. Like, there is so, we have so much complexity in our humanity, and to spend all of our energy and time on dating and relationships and, you know, our worth being dependent upon that, I just find it to be very lazy. And I think it's just a an agenda. I mean, I think it's an agenda. Like, there's so much more to discuss. So anyway, so seeing Obama, Michelle Obama talking about her relationship and coming off with this, like, sister-girl approach – I'm just I'm bored. You know, I feel like she could have sure you could touch upon that in in some ways, but Chow. Go ahead, sell your book with your box sprays. Go ahead. Ha- go ahead. <laughs> it's just like fucking lazy dog. It's lazy. Okay, let's talk about this Netflix documentary called Don't Pick Up the Phone. My God today. Like where do I begin with this? I just finished it. It's three episodes. It's super good. These documentaries are, like, the way of the world. Like, I just might make a documentary at this point because it's so freaking good. Like, I love documentaries. I love docu-series, you know, where it's multiple episodes. I love a full documentary where it's a movie, essentially. I love reenactments. I love testimonials. I I love it all. So, (sighs) Child, this documentary is called Don't Pick Up the Phone. It's on Netflix, and it's about a real-life hoax that took place a couple of years, well, many years ago at this point. It's a hoax phone call to fast food restaurants, primarily McDonald's. And this person on the phone will act like he's a police officer, and he would convince the restaurant manager to sexually assault their female employees. Now you may be wondering, wait, what? What are you what are you talking about? I'm talking about someone who's playing cop on the phone is calling restaurant managers primarily at McDonald's chains and McDonald, you know, McDonald's chain restaurants. And he's claiming that this female employee imagine he's giving a general description of a female employee because he knows typically they they may look like this so he'll say oh she's blonde and she's like five three and eventually the restaurant manager will know who he may be referring to and the claim that he makes is someone reported that their wallet was stolen and i am going to give you two options to choose from you could either come to the station and we'll handle the case here at the police station or you can strip search this female employee who looks like this and i'll tell you exactly how to do it i'll walk you through it so naturally the the person who's being accused of this crime, she doesn't want to go to the police station, right? She doesn't want to make things worse. You know, she's in fear that she'll get arrested for a crime that she didn't do. Like, this is all false, right? No one has been, like, no one actually um, robbed anyone. It's literally a hoax. It's basically a prank call gone criminal. So anyway, he calls and he does this. The female employee, she agrees to just getting strip search. The strip search becomes a full-on sexual assault. She, not only is she directed to remove her clothing pieces, but she is standing there butt-ass naked in the back room of a McDonald's. And the manager who is, eat, well, most of them were male So this man, he's the manager of the restaurant, and he's on the phone with this, quote-unquote, cop, and he's taking his orders. He's like, okay, make sure every piece of item is removed. Read to me the tag of the bra. Read to me the tag of her shoes, you know, just to ensure that this item is removed. And all of that's being followed. So he's doing that. He then says, he, he pushes it to the next level, of course. And so now he says, make this female employee, so let me just say Rachel. So make Rachel squat. Make Rachel squat to make sure that there's no money coming, you know, there's no money inserted in her vagina. So Rachel follows just that. She squats. Make Rachel do jumping jacks. And he said, I want to make sure. I want to hear that she's doing jumping jacks. So I'm making sure that you do that. You better do it. So Rachel does jumping jacks. <laughs> make Rachel sit on your lap. you And you have to touch her down. Touch her nipple. <laughs> touch. And the explanation behind that is after doing jumping jacks, you can... Obviously see that, okay, she's sweating a bit, and if she had money on her body, there will be some green residue on her skin. So to ensure there's no green residue, you need to touch her body, every crevice of her body, from her armpits to her nipple to her belly button to her vagina to her ass crack, everything. There was even a request, not just a request, an order for the female employee to give the man, the manager, a kiss. And she did that. And that was not like, yeah, I can't make this up. I'm watching this. I'm like, what the fuck? And so this is happening. um, What's next? So this is also being caught on surveillance. CTT cameras are everywhere. You know, it's a McDonald's. And so the documentary is including this footage. They blur out the nudity, of course. But you see her stripping down. You see her being touched. And she's crying. She's upset. She's sad. She wants this to be over. This lasts for three hours. (sighs) And then you may think to yourself, well, what the fuck? Why is the manager taking orders from this quote-unquote cop over the phone? Here's the thing when you are impersonating someone. You have to commit. You have to commit to it. You have to really demonstrate that you are this cop, that you are this reliable person, this legitimate person. And that's what this person did. He didn't stutter. He articulated himself very well. He knew what he was saying. He was very confident in his speech. And then you may be thinking, well, why the fuck did the manager still take this, like, seriously? Like, this is not appropriate. You know, how does me having you do jumping jacks or strip in front of me, taking orders from someone over the phone is the next step, you know, to, to ensuring that this employee is not a thief? There's this thing called the obedience test. And I, after watching this this documentary, I learned that it is a psychological thing that takes place when someone gives you orders, you, you do it. You don't question authority, you just do it because someone told you to do it. Now, not everyone is a victim of that, right? Not everyone follows orders. You know, some people are just like, you know, I don't, I don't abide by authority, stuff like that. But a lot of people do. So this is called an obedience test, obedience test, and it's called essentially the Milgram experiment. And that is the last name of some scientist, some guy who had this experiment done to participants, to study participants ranging from 20 to 50 years old. And this is a test that is in obedience to authority figures and is done in a series of social psychology experiments measuring the willingness of these participants who range from 20 to 50 years old. And the goal is to have, the goal is to see if these participants are blindly obeying authority figures who instruct them to perform acts conflicting with their personal conscience so what that means is if someone of authority is telling you to do something and you don't internally agree with that but you do it regardless because well this person is is an elderly person this person is a cop this person is a teacher this person is a judge this person is a pastor That is a strong factor to having someone still do what they know they shouldn't be doing. So anyway, I don't want to ruin this. I don't I don't want to ruin this documentary for you all, but it's so, so good. It really makes you think about the psychology of man and how how we're so easily influenced, you guys. Like we are so easily influenced, and it's the society that we live in. It's a society that we live in. Like we are so quick to just blindly follow whatever someone says. And in the case from from this documentary, you see how this traumatized young girls, you know, and people in general, because they realize after the fact, like, wait, what the fuck was I? It's like being in a spell, right? Like you're suddenly do some, you're suddenly doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing and yet you're doing it because i told you so why can't i do that because i told you so why why should i do that because i told you so like we weren't raised to believe that we have a choice and we do we always have a choice you could say no And whatever the consequence to that is, is what it is. But you can always say no and be like, hey, you know what? Cop over the phone. I'm not going to sexually assault my female employee because of your stupid, hoax-ass orders. So say no. That's all I'm going to say. Say no. Think for yourself. Just because someone's an authority figure doesn't mean you have to blindly acquiesce to whatever they say. Stop acquiescing. Okay, All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to be subscribed on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Leave a review on any of those platforms. I really appreciate every listen. And make sure you tell a friend. And I will check in with you guys next time. Peace.